Welcome. You are listening to the Mindful Minute, meditations created for everyday joy. I'm Meryl Arnett, mama, meditator, and head of mindfulness for Shoreline Meditation App. This podcast is recorded from my live Monday night meditation class, where we have a brief discussion followed by a 20-minute guided meditation. If these meditations support you and your practice, please consider donating to the show to support its continued growth, new offerings, and its ever-expanding team. You can find the link in today's show notes or simply visit merylarnett.com and click on podcast. All right, y'all, let's practice. Welcome, guys. My newest program, Elemental Awakening, is an exploration of the elements and six corresponding sacred practices. This program runs from the spring equinox to the fall equinox, and it is a chance for 12 of you to study in-depth with me over the course of the next seven months. Elemental Awakening is the compilation and in-depth exploration of my personal medicine, It's my elemental map, the ways I explore life, self, and my engagement with the world. Tied to the elements and the wisdom of the natural world, this experience goes deeper than anything I can put into a podcast episode, into an app recording, even into my live Monday night class. Over the course of seven months, 12 of us will gather to explore sacred practices, to support one another, and to weave a tapestry of elemental magic that supports our creative growth and our enlivened engagement in the world around us. You can learn more about Elemental Awakening by visiting MarilArnett.com and click on Offerings. Big, big thank you to Baron Fig for supporting all of my offerings in the world. Of course, Elemental Awakening will involve several journaling practices, and I will be using my Bloom Meditation Journal as well as my Wander Dream Journal, both from Baron Fig. They're beautifully designed, so easy to use. I am delighted to partner with Baron Fig, and I can't recommend their products enough. If you need a new journal, be sure to visit baronfig.com and check out all their amazing products. Well, happy Monday. I have no idea how it's possible that I'm saying these words, but we're already at the end of our series. February went by in an actual half minute. What is happening with time? It's fascinating to me. So yeah, we're at the end of the ways of wind that happened in a blink of an eye. And I'm really looking forward to tonight's discussion. So if you remember last week, we looked at the ever-changing wind through the lens of Buddhist teaching, specifically the eight worldly winds, which are things like praise and blame, success and failure, gain and loss, joy and sorrow. And the gist of the teaching, or the gist of our discussion at least, was one, we never know when the wind is going to change direction. And two, the wind doesn't exist without the directions. Meaning we can't only have praise, gain, success, and joy. It just doesn't work that way. 
If we want those elements to exist, we have to also be willing to accept that equally there will be sorrow and loss and failure and blame. And that they somehow not only balance each other, but seem to come from the same place or be comprised of the same elements. And, you know, one of my personal favorite parts about studying ancient teachings, ancient wisdom, is discovering it popping up throughout time and culture. It's the same reason I love archetypes so much, because it's not singular to one experience, but in at least the broadest strokes is universal. And many of these teachings appear to be the same way. And so, you know, as you guys know, I teach from an almost entirely secular perspective. That's just the way that I move through the world. And I do even some Buddhist teachings because they're so integral into meditation. But tonight I actually also want to look at the same teachings through the lens of Jewish mysticism. So I, like outside of my work, have just been reading for my own personal study a text that I'm so happy to bring up tonight. So I hope I'm pronouncing it right, Sefer Yetzirah. And the interpretation that I'm reading is written by Rabbi Jill Hammer. And the book is so interesting. So time and place are like questioned. We're not totally sure, maybe fifth century, maybe seventh century, Mesopotamia, maybe. And it's written so similar to the Yoga Sutra. So the Yoga Sutra is 196 sentences. And each sentence is so beautifully crafted to contain a wealth of knowledge and practice and insight that is really, really cryptic. It's like riddle upon riddle. And there are hundreds of translations of the Yoga Sutra, all of which each chapter is the one sentence, one of the 196 sentences, and then a chapter's worth of interpretation around what that sentence might mean. And this book is written in a very similar way where there is a cryptic sentence, a riddle, a poem that starts us off and then potential interpretation that follows it. And the text weaves us through the elements, through fire and water and air, through creation, the cosmos, God. And as it works its way through these creationary forces, one of the forces that it introduces is the alphabet, the Hebrew alphabet, which is 22 letters. And it offers the alphabet as a pathway for creation based on the way that you combine the letters. I'm gonna read one of these cryptic sentences and a blip of the interpretation. And what I want you to listen for is where you hear similarities to what we have already talked about in this series. So I'm reading verse 2.3. 22 letters fixed in a wheel that cycles forward and back, a sign of the matter, no good higher than thrill, no evil lower than ill. 
So Rabbi Hammer goes on to explain that thrill and ill are specific word choices that she chose in English to give us a taste of the wordplay that's happening in the original Hebrew writing. And the original words translate more closely to delight and suffering. But in Hebrew, delight and suffering are the same letters, just in different orders. And she writes, even things so diverse as pleasure and pain are still made up of the same building blocks, the same human consciousness and experience, the same divine creative force. The wheel of letters contains all phenomena. All happenings are ultimately one, even when they appear radically different. When we understand this, we come to a state of equanimity within the cosmos. All happenings are ultimately one, even when they appear radically different. When we understand this, we come to a state of equanimity within the cosmos. And so we think back for a moment to the eight worldly winds. And maybe you remember that we use the exact same word of equanimity. This is the teaching over and over again, regardless of which way the winds are blowing and from what continent and from what culture. All of the winds are whispering the word equanimity. 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 Later in this same book, she writes about opposing forces. We'll take elements, fire and water. And she says, well, what happens when we introduce a third force? So it's not just fire and water, but it's fire, water, and air. It's not just our thesis and our antithesis but when we add this third element, is there an element of synthesis? And I think the invitation for us to explore is, what is this element we're adding that is synthesizing our experience of the present moment? And indeed, what she writes is when we come to presence, we're able to hold multiple truths without straining. When we come to presence, we're able to hold multiple truths without straining. The middle way. The present moment is the meeting point of all opposites. Equanimity is the ability to feel all of it and be felled by none of it. And so over and over again, we're being asked to remember that it's not about on the one plane, on the one hand, it's not about resolving the moment or fixing the moment or making sure that it's all good, it's all positive, it's all success. But rather, it's about saying, in this moment, can I acknowledge that there is so much that exists right now? It's always yes and. Always yes and. And can I hold that place where winds are coming at me from the east and the west and the north and the south and above and below? And I'm here. I'm here to feel that with my hair going crazy, right? And the hood of my jacket being blown off and my papers going everywhere. But I'm here breathing. I, you, we, the practitioner, are this 
third force. We are the synthesis. When we talk about fire and water and we add air to the mix, the air is our breath. It is the thing that holds us in the present moment so that we're not constantly going, no, 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 I can't feel that. Or, oh, it was so much better back then, let me go back there. But we just get to sit here. Mark Nepo writes, we're all continually asked to learn how to ask for what we need, only to practice accepting what we're given. Learn how to ask for what we need only to practice accepting what we're given. It is both and. We ask, we stand up for, we fight for, we demand, and equally, we accept where we are in this moment, what we're experiencing in this moment. And the ways that we metabolize both of those experiences, this is, I think, the meat of the practice. Even as I'm talking, I can do it simultaneously in my head. I can be like, ooh, is that, mm, but? Wait, right? Like I can, I can do the buts all day and I know you guys can too. Like, let me apply this to every moment in my life and think about all the ways it might not work. And that's true. And century after century after century, Culture after culture after culture, belief system after belief system after belief system is threading the words of presence, equanimity, and my language, but the metaphorical uh, version of the ever-changing winds that blow. And so perhaps there is some universal truth buried within these languages. So I thought tonight for our practice, one of the things I'm really enjoying about this particular text is that it's written with every single cryptic sentence having a supportive guided visualization. So it is a meditation text, which is very cool. And I wanna share one of the guided visualizations. I'm going to weave it into how we normally do our meditations. And this is um, with a full and deep bow to Rabbi Jill Hammer for creating it because it's beautiful and I'm going to use a lot of her words. So let's go ahead if we've already been seated and we'll just shift around for a minute, letting ourselves come into a comfortable and supported seat. Letting our hands rest onto the lap if that works for you. And if you'd like to close your eyes, please do so. If that doesn't feel quite right, you can always take a soft gaze down towards the ground. And together as a group here, nice big inhale in. Open up your mouth, release a sigh. And we'll just do that again, inhaling deeply through the nose, filling yourself up. And as you exhale, feel your practice begin. The breath flows. The body settles. 
and we silently say to ourselves, now is my time to meditate. Now is my time to meditate. And as you say those words to yourself, as you set that intention, perhaps you notice some of the subtle ways that you can let go a bit more. Are there ways that you can release your body more fully into the cushions or chairs beneath you? Relaxing along your hips and your thighs. Lifting up and lengthening along the spine, just tracing that path all the way up the spine behind the ribs, the heart and the lungs. Letting the back of your neck lengthen. And the crown of the head lift. Our breath is flowing easily and unimpeded. And as we let our awareness move down the front side of the body, we feel ourselves just letting go of all the concerns of our day. As if as you smooth out your forehead, you are also cutting ties just for the moment with your to-do list, with your plans. And with every to-do that you surrender, you feel the skin around your eyes soften a bit. And perhaps the tension along your jaw dissipates. The lips soften. And the inside of the cheeks feels a tiny smile. Maybe you notice a sense of space inside the mouth. And that same sense of space down through the center of the throat. And inviting or imagining that sense of space in the center of the chest. 
in the center of the belly. And gradually we let our attention rest just inside the nose. So that as you breathe in, you're feeling air moving in through the nose. And as you breathe out, you're feeling that air move out through the nose. And we invite ourselves to feel the sensations of breathing without any need to describe or narrate. We're just feeling this breath. And then this one. And as you're following this path of breath, perhaps you'll let your awareness rest on the blank screen of the forehead. As if you could look up inside your own head. Staring at the backside of your forehead or the internal side of your forehead. Seeing it as a blank screen or a night sky. And against this sky, you see three glowing globes hanging in the air. These globes are just within reach. And they radiate joy, vitality, and serenity. And for a minute here, we'll sit and we'll breathe. We'll let ourselves observe or feel these three glowing globes of joy, vitality, and serenity.
And as we continue to breathe and observe these three globes, we watch as the three rearrange themselves. And in this configuration, the globes radiate sorrow, fear, and anger. Knowing that you are safe in this space and this breath, we take a moment to observe these globes in this configuration. Continue to feel our breath. And in our remaining six minutes, watch as you reach out and reconfigure these globes into a third grouping that holds all of these feelings together. Allow yourself to breathe and configure these globes, noticing what it is that you create.
Feeling your breath here. And letting these next few breaths serve as the synthesis to your experience. Nothing to do, explain, understand. But simply feel this breath as it moves in and out. Letting your breath, your presence be this third force. And as you feel ready, you wiggle your fingers and your toes. You remind yourself of the four walls that surround you, where you are in space and time. We take a deep breath in through our nose. Open up your mouth, release a sigh. Taking all the time you need to blink your eyes open and release your practice. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Mindful Minute. If you're enjoying these episodes, please consider leaving me a review wherever you get your podcast. It really helps others to find this show. To learn more about my live classes, virtual meditation retreats, my meditation app, Shoreline, or to make a donation to the show, please visit MerylArnett.com. Thanks again. I'll see you next week.